Andy, whoa, whoa, looks a scream. Andy, moan, now, whoa, whoa, Andy, whoa, silver scream. Can't tell them apart at all. My name's Joseph Gallivan, and you're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guest this week is Jane Beebe. She owns and runs PDX Contemporary Art, and she's talking about Planet Waves, which is a new show of works on paper by James Lavador. It's up through November 28th. Thanks very much for doing Art Focus in person, Jane. You're most welcome. So I guess you've known James Lavador a long time. I have. I think we've been working together for over 25 years, maybe longer. <laughs> so you kind of have the pick of his <laughs> the pick of his litter, is that right? I'd say that's correct. I'm very lucky. You're showing just works on paper and they're not all new. You know, there's a mixture of times and spaces. They're um I don't know, 3 by 2 foot um, oil on paper they're, they're very much the recognisable lavador the, the colour palette is this sort of autumnal yellow, brown and green the, the imagery is kind of you know, geologic formation it looked, they all look like mountains to me um, why, why have you chosen these pieces? Um, this is the works are all new pretty much in the last year or so but it's not a single body of work. And I wanted to have a show of um, works on paper by Jim, and we just showed his work at the Armory in New York. And there we showed a major nine-panel oil uh, painting and um, just showed that one big painting and didn't have anything on the sidewalls. And it was very successful, very well-received. People, all kinds of people enjoyed it. People who knew about them didn't know about them. And um, Alice Walton bought the nine-panel piece, and a foundation bought a big six-panel piece, an important foundation in um, St. Louis. So we considered it very successful. And so sort of following up on that and building on that, I wanted to have something in Portland, and we had these nice works on paper. And I also like that it is a lower price point because it's on paper. But the, he works on the paper exactly the same way as he works on the panel. It's a buildup of colors and overlaying and scraping. So it's not secondary work, but works on paper are traditionally cost less. And it's nice to have, um, not that these are inexpensive, but for James Lavador, they are. Mm-hmm. As you come in the gallery, the, the ones facing you, um, on the left, there's a, a piece. And I know, the first thing I noticed was the edges are all torn. It's like he pinned it up and he just tore it off without like taking the pin out. <laughs> there's well, a piece think, missing know, he, out of he, each he, corner. I think you're right. They, it is. He's a very active painter physically active painter, and he considers himself an abstract expressionist. And so it is a process-oriented work. And so in the movements and the, and the, uh, and putting them up and taking them down and putting the different layers, he'll start 
and then they'll put it away and then they'll bring it out. So they're put up and down a lot. And so, and he's not precious with his work. And, uh, you know, he's a very vigorous uh, painter. And so that is the, the, the passage of the work, which I actually love because it does show the dynamic quality of the actual work. You know, it shows his process and his, and, and uh, I don't find it distressing. Uh, some are not that way. And uh, in the last group of works on paper, uh, a woman said, oh, I love this one because I love that torn edge. <laughs> and so there are people like me that enjoy that, and there's some people that won't like it because they want a perfect little rectangle. Mm-hmm. The, the one we're looking at has uh-huh. a kind of a triangular, it's almost like a, a, a graph, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it looks, it could be, you know, the Oregon coast, rocks in the ocean, that where he's scraped, I think, upwards, it's the dark mountain have mm-hmm. a sort of um, kind of sh- uh, aura of mm-hmm. bright yellow and gold, um, and that goes off into another line which could be another kind of coastline superimposed mm-hmm. and then below it there's a lot of green um, there are sort of red streaks it's a lot rougher it's it is very kind of suggestive how 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 is he doing this kind of scraping you know do you know what creates this yellow well he uses a yellow? variety of tools he uses both fine art tools and tools that are from the hardware store and um, so i think it's just whatever gets the movement he wants or feels like I he doesn't plan it out it's um, as I've said it's in process but what they do all share pretty much is there's different there's what I would describe as look-throughs he doesn't consider himself an abstract I mean he doesn't consider himself a landscape painter but that's what we all see when we do and he says it's a memory the body movement of walking over the land and being part of the land, and there isn't really a separation between land and person. So it's, it's artwork that leaves itself open to the viewer to see what they want to see in it or what they do see in it. So there's a, there's a, a, a sort of roughness about it, um, mm-hmm. but you say it takes him a lot of times to get to one final image? It does. He works on multiple pieces, and, you know, he has a studio, he has a bunch of panels up, and then he'll work on multiple panels in a day, and then he'll put them away, and then he'll put some. And I think he probably works, you know, within colors on a certain day. He's not, he's not strict about anything like that. It's, it comes from his spirit and his gut and what he's thinking about. And I feel like this more recent work has more of a sense of agitation um, than work from, you know, 20 years ago or so. And, um, but, you know, each painting in this group is quite distinct from the other. As you said, they're all clearly lavadors. But the feeling that gives to me is very different than that. The, he's always been focused on the kind of geological time it is. And the size of a mountain and how they don't change. But if if you say thinking about the planet or the planet in peril, maybe, mm-hmm. then that's kind of a difficult subject. 
It is a difficult subject. Because a mountain's going to look like that in the 10 million years. What matter what no, we do. No, that's the thing. I think that's where uh, we misunderstand geology. It is constantly changing. And, um, and you go back and look at the same mountain 10 years from now. So 10 years is nothing in ge- geologic time. But it still changes. You know, it, it's not a static thing. And I think, uh, not to be corny, but there's a spirit to the land. And, um, and I think that the, the land feeds his spirit very much. As you come in the door, the one sort of most opposite you, uh-huh. I guess it's the, the right-hand one on that wall, um, it, it could be almost a photo in the background of, yes, a, of a landscape. it does have Because that it has, with this yellow haze over it, it looks mm-hmm. like somebody painted over a, a black and white photo of mountains. Mm-hmm. And even the horizontal streaks could mm-hmm. be an ocean behind mm-hmm. it. But then he has this bright orange sort of intervention in the front. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it reminds me a bit of like Instagram filters where they hmm. put on a, a Kodachrome or a huh. saturation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like really uh-huh. interfering with the plane, this yeah. bright orange. The further you get from it, you're saying that that looks photographic. So if we step back here, it becomes, and look at it from more of a distance, it the farther away, the more realistic it gets. Mm-hmm. And the closer yeah. you get is just about paint and how paint reacts. And that's what he's constantly discovering is just working with the material and how one color reacts to the other or different kinds of paints mix or don't mix. And and how the drips are and, and the um, scrapes, how, how the actual material of the paint works. Is this all oil paint? Yes, it is. He loves, he loves oil paint. You know, he discovered this clay-coated paper that has a, a smooth surface as opposed to like a watercolor paper where it would sink in. It doesn't sink into this paper. Therefore, it really, I think, reacts in a very similar way to the panels. It's going to be a little different, but it's it's... It's more alike than not. Mm-hmm. So he has to d- apply like one color a day and let it dry. It's yeah. It's it's not quite as uh, um, formulaic as that, but that's basically it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you know during the time there'll be colors that are mixed. You can see that too. The um, the one nearest the door has this blue mm-hmm. kind of series of raggedy shapes at the yes. top but each one has again this blue sort of aura around it light yeah. blue a soft light where everything else is hard and scratched um is this is this just a different texture is this like well, one part it, of it is raised up you know i honestly don't know but it's it's um this kind of this form has cropped up and work in the past where, you know, is it smoke, is it fog, whatever. But you see how here in the lower it's more uh, more graduated, a, um, a soft shifting, not uh, a hard edge. And that, that's more, that's new, I think. That's some, and the vibrant colors, 
he has um, he talks about that color is good for us, like you know the berries and the salmon, and color is good for us. My name is Joseph Gallivan. You're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guest this week is James Beebe. She is talking about Planet Waves, a new show of James Lavador, Works on Paper, which is on now through November 28th at PDX Contemporary Arts. So, Jane, people in America... Mm-hmm seem to think Native Americans have like a hotline to nature and to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Has that changed in the 25 years you've been working with James? The way, it has. The way people th- see his work. I do think he's been respected for many years, and he's definitely a painter's painter. Painters love his paintings. If I take him to art fair, there are always people just standing and looking and looking and looking, and I said, oh, are you a painter? Yes, yeah, so how'd you know? Well, they look at it, they try to figure out what he does and how he does and everything. But in answering your question, is um, Aboriginal people, not just American, Native Americans, do have a connection to the land that other populations do not have as direct uh, um, a connection. Of course, there's, you know, there's always exceptions, but I'd say that's a... A true generalization. And right now, uh, there is so much respect for Native American artwork, and it's high time. And um, I think we used to dis- describe him in the very beginning as uh, a painter who was Native American. Now we, we say Native American painter. But um, he does not consider himself... He's not political nor a cultural bearer, but I would say he is, (laughs) just by who he is and what he's done with Crow Shadow, developing the print shop Crow Shadow. And he is very respected among the Native community. I could see that at the art fair, um, which we're in a section of Native American work. or or It wasn't all American. Um, There were some uh, South American artists, too. So indigenous people, I should say, um, and uh, he, um, even though he's very modest about that and he doesn't want to get involved in politics, just by who he is, he is a cultural bearer. And Native Americans uh, do have a connection with um, nature, and uh, and it's respected instead of repressed you know there's so many years where that they tried to take the Indian out of the person and um, you know it was genocide he so he started Crow Shadow right I did a show yes, from Crow Cash. Shadow yeah uh, James Lavador and Philip Cash Cash founded Crow Shadow Institute and his Support and his prints, the sales of his prints, really kept Crow Shadow open all these years. And um, he's been very um, uh, generous with that. And But now Crow Shadow has gotten professionalized and, um, and they get grants now. And I think it's, you know, easier for them to get grants than it was in the past. Mm-hmm. 
and because um, the art world is so um, looking to Native American art. Mm-hmm. When, so when you have these original works on paper, I mean, mm-hmm. he was there in his studio doing these one at a time by hand. What's the pressure, the economic pressure to print them and sell copies? Well, making a print is a completely different process than making his paintings. I mean, if he goes into Crow Shadow, you're working with a master printer, and depending on what kind of print you're making, you make paintings and they make plates and it goes through a press and they make multiples. And so this is, he just, you know, during COVID, James uh, was very productive because he wasn't interrupted. <laughs> he could just go to his studio every day, and he, he loves painting. He really does. And um, and uh, so the, I don't think there's a pressure to produce because he loves doing it. Mm-hmm. The, these two just by the door, the ones with the bright red uh-huh. and the purple and the light blue, they seem more kind of chaotic or energetic or dark. You know, mm-hmm. they're not really representative. Everything is, is sort of churning and there's no mm-hmm. real, you can't really see like Yeah, landscape. especially this one. Yeah, the one mm-hmm. with the light blue. Yes. Do you, does he ever talk about what he's feeling when he makes a work? Mm. You know, I think at different times he's thinking about he has different outside influences you know they're internal but they're also he's he uh, uh, did a whole series based on jazz he's very influenced he loves jazz he loves both American jazz and for a while he was listening to a Japanese contemporary jazz and um, and then sometimes his poetry and but I think recently it has been pretty much the excitement of finding new uh, basalt outcroppings or different areas on the Umatilla on his homeland. The um, as you come in, then if you turn like left, and on the wall behind you, there are two. Um, two. Why do these not have titles? He, um, they, th- each. There's different series here. But um, and a lot of his work is untitled, and some he does have titles. But and we don't have the labels up yet. Oh, okay. We'll have labels the labels are coming. Sorry, the labels are coming. But um, uh, and then this, these two are more watery. See, he's thinned the oil paint down, and you see what I'm talking about? How it's this could almost be a watercolor in this area, the way it's. It's uh, the material's been thinned out, mm-hmm. but then over that, that more watery, the the lines overly, overlaying it give it a stronger structure than if it was just all kind of watery. Mm-hmm. It makes it more um, uh, vigorous. The 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 top of the painting is light blue, and then there's a big streak of sort of rough purple which does look kind of solid um, then it goes to yellow and then it looks like a bloodbath there's this bright blood red splatter across the left side and then the middle and then he's tilted it 
90 degrees so some of the runs are running off to the corner of the of the artwork mm-hmm. um, so this is a lot of this is done by just thinning the oil well that that watery part is but the when he that's right he does move the paper um, so that it does run different directions mm-hmm and then the last one we'll look at, um, also on that wall. I should tell you, I've never seen him paint. I've never watched him paint. So, you know, maybe I'm completely off. <laughs> Where is his studio? Uh, on the Umatilla Reservation. He's got a, a big sort of barn-like structure, that, and uh, he has racks where he can put panels up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's good-sized. OPB never been out and then done a video? I think so. Um, a long time ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Art it, Watch, Art, what's that, Art Beat? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's becoming an institution. Everywhere yes. you go, like the people in the arts world, you know, the money people, the grant writers, uh-huh. the institutions, and mm-hmm. um, they all talk about him. It's like, oh, yeah, James Lavador. You That's know, true. He's kind of like the top and, native. Um, Artist uh, and top. The Jordan Snitzer Museum at uh, University of Oregon is uh, working on a retrospective of James Lavador. So it's going to be a big major show with a catalog, and, and uh, they're hoping to travel it. Mm-hmm. It will be quite nice. What is it about collectors like Jordan Schnitzer and, and the, the Walmart lady, Walton, that catch this kind of work catches their eye and then they start buying a lot yeah i mean well they look at a lot of art and they recognize talent when they see it they have beautiful collections and um right now it's strange weather the show down at the jordan snitch museum of university oregon has uh two gorgeous uh multi-panel paintings that Jordan Snitzer bought a number of years ago. And, um, and uh, this will be the third uh, work that uh, Alice Walton has bought. Alice Walton said to me once, she said, it's my goal to get James Lavador in New York. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's good. You have a goal for him. It's mine, too. <laughs> and he was physically very- in New York or his work hanging in the, in the big museums? In New York. Well, he is in the Whitney Museum, and, and we're working on uh, another big uh, museum now. But um, he is quite well known. He, you know, he's still regional in some ways, but he is known across the country, and, um, and especially among uh, curators who know Native American work. And, but um, uh, 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 one of the directors of one of the, the major global galleries came in, and he was very interested, and we talked about it a lot, and he said, I didn't know about this artist. How could I not have known about him? Mm-hmm. He's really good. So um, he's just a good painter, and it's recognized. Mm-hmm. I was just in Paris and I went to Art Basel just for a few hours just because uh-huh. it was there, you know, and I yeah. thought it'd be fun. Well, you're lucky. <laughs> and um, what, what's, I noticed it's a lot of 
people who run galleries sitting there eyeballing some very rich, connected people who have an entourage and they have a helper and they they move around in little flocks uh-huh. and they're the they're the like the big fish. They're the people who might buy something. Uh-huh. Is that an accurate way of describing art fairs in general? Well, it it varies from art fair to art fair, but if you're talking about Art Basel, yes. And um, but there's lots of different fairs, and so different kinds of collectors go to different fairs, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, it's sometimes it's not the big fish. Sometimes it's somebody that really loves art and and devotes a big portion of their less grand income. Mm-hmm. to acquiring a piece of art. And in that case, they usually make payments over time. And um, But then there are certain people like Beth Rudin de Woody, who's a, a voracious collector, a wonderful collector. You always hope she's going to make it into your booth because well, she, she rarely buys. She will buy sometimes when she doesn't see the work, but she rarely buys work she doesn't actually see. She doesn't buy... Um, by image. I mean, she will on occasion, but so the art fairs, you get a chance for, um, you know, pretty serious collectors to see your artist's work, and they're not going to be here in the gallery into Portland, you Mm -hmm. know. What was the armory like then? I mean, you said people reacted to Lavador who didn't know his work? No, a a lot of people did know his work, but I was saying that... um, the director of one of the major galleries of the world was quite taken and did not know about him and said, how could I not know about this artist? Well, there's a lot of artists in the world. But mm-hmm. no, I was um, very pleased at how many people did know his work. <laughs> well, it's a great show. I hope people come down to PDX and have a look at it. Uh, I, the, yeah. the colors are just amazing. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I just always want to say that combined, I had this idea of combining, it's an odd, from maybe the surface of people that don't know, Heather Watkins and James Lavador, I decided they both really address primal energy. So I like putting, you know, uh, James is much further along in his career, and I like combining, you know, a, a up-and-coming artists with an established artist and uh, ones that you wouldn't expect to see together but Mm -hmm. she's all black and white and he's all color (laughs) I didn't think of that hers are gold (laughs) my name is Joseph Gallivan you've been listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland my guest this week was gallery owner Jane Beebe She was talking about Planet Waves, which is a new show of works on paper by James Lavador. It's on now through November 28th at PDX Contemporary Arts, 1825 Northwest Vaughan Street. Thanks very much for doing Art Focus again, Jane. Thank you. It's nice to see you, Joseph. Andy, whoa, whoa, looks a scream. Andy, moan, my whoa, whoa, whoa. Andy, whoa, whoa, silver scream. Can't tell them apart at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa.